the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. We want to continue our series. If you're a guest, we've been preaching through uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. And we're actually calling this series Second Californians. And uh, the reason is that Paul, uh, when he wrote uh, the letter Second Corinthians to the city of Corinth, the people who lived there in Corinth, uh, he could have written that to us uh, here in California. And, and truthfully, anytime you read a letter that like Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, even though it was 2,000 years ago, in essence... He was writing it to us today anyway, because the Word of God is eternal. Can, can you say amen to that? Amen. We've learned in this series that Corinth, the city of Corinth, is a lot like the city of Los Angeles. It's a big city, multicultural city, a port city, a city that was prone to earthquakes, that had a lot of gods, many gods, many religions. There was a lot of sin and a lot of immorality in Corinth. Uh, just like this city called Los Angeles. So when Paul writes this letter uh, to the Corinthians, as you read through it, and I really hope if you've not yet read through this entire letter, because we're going to be in this for the next couple of months, make sure you take time to read through the entire letter. Uh, You will find uh, sprinkled throughout all of it that Paul always gives proof that Christianity is legit, that his teachings about Christ are spot on. Because there's always people that come in and try to twist the truth and twist the gospel. And Paul wants this church to know that, that the gospel as he's preached it is, is spot on. Now in our text today, you're going to see a battle between the Spirit of God and the law of God. The law of God, everybody say the law of God. That's the Old Testament. That's that's the commandments. That's the animal sacrifices. 
all the rules and regulations of the Old Testament. Then you have what's called the Spirit of God. Everybody say Spirit of God. That's the New Testament, all right? That's grace. It's mercy, forgiveness, redemption. I could sum the entire New Testament up in one word. It would be the word Jesus, all right? So there's this struggle between the Old and the New Testament. I want to speak to you on this subject, to veil or not to veil. You can understand this. Back when Christianity started, all they'd ever really known was Judaism, which is the practice and the following of the Old Covenant. So when, when Christianity got started, you can understand this, in the church... There were always those who came in that kept referring back to the way things used to be. The law and the regulations, the 613 uh, commandments uh, all together, including things like circumcision, all right? Can you say ouch? Just say ouch, all right? (laughs) Can you imagine you're a grown person and and you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, and, and you're living in Corinth, it's a very worldly city, And one day, someone introduces you to Christ, and you want to become a Christian. So you step forward in church, and uh, they say, why have you come? You say, well, I want to be baptized. Oh, come with us. Uh, First of all, you'll have to be circumcised. (laughs) What? I said I wanted to be baptized. I I know, I know, I know, but uh, we need you to step into this room first, because we've got a little procedure we want to do on you. Well, what are you talking about? Well, well, uh, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, it was a requirement that every Jewish person be circumcised. So you need to be, if you're going to be saved, you've got to be circumcised. You say, well, I, 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 thought, I thought this was a New Testament church. Well, it, it is a New Testament church. We believe in the New Covenant, but we also believe in the Old. So, so come with us. So uh, that was the struggle. Paul, in chapter 3, he makes it very clear, very clear, and he does this through the whole book, that we're not saved according to that old law, the old covenant, and its regulations. We're saved by the Spirit of the Lord. Not by the law, but by the Spirit of the Lord, which is Jesus. So take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I want to tell you a story that Paul, as he writes... He goes back to a story that did take place in the Old Testament. And it's a supernatural moment in time with Moses. And Moses is considered to be the chief lawgiver. So whenever you talk about the law and the Spirit of God, you know, Moses is going to be involved in that scenario somewhere. Now, you should know this story that I'm about to tell you. They certainly knew the story. It was where the Israelites had been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. It's a long time. And God used Moses to deliver 1.5 million Hebrews out of Egypt and began that process of leading them to the promised land, the land we know today is the land of Israel. And of course, if if you have one and a half million people You do have to have some rules and some regulations and some laws or there's going to be chaos. So Moses is leading the children of Israel and they stop for a while and there's a mountain and God is up on that mountain. So Moses, you know the story, you should know the story, he he goes up the mountain to meet with God. And while he's up there on top the mountain, 
uh, God takes his finger and he, he writes out and carves out on tablets of stone what we know today as the Ten Commandments. And he hands these commandments to Moses and he says, Moses, go hand those to the people. So Moses, here he is, he's, he, he's been with God and now he's coming down the mountain and he has these, these commandments with him, all right? These are going to guide the people, the God's people. And while he's coming down the mountain, if you look, his face, the Bible says this, because he'd been in the presence of God, the Bible says that his face was like glowing like the sun, like you couldn't even look at it, all right? So as he's walking down the mountain, the people back in those days, you see, they didn't have, they didn't have Oakley's. You know, today we're outside, I'm in the sun, I can't see, I put these on, I can see. Back in those days, they didn't have glasses like this. So as he's coming down the mountain, the people are looking at him, his face is just glowing, and they can't even look. So Moses, according to the Bible, he gets what's called a veil. Now, a veil is basically just a scarf or handkerchief of some sort. And the Bible says, again, he takes the veil and he puts it over his face like this. All right, now just, just picture me being Moses for a little bit. <laughs> the question is why? Why did he put this veil? I'm talking to you on this subject, to veil or not to veil. Why did he put the veil over his face? For two reasons. Number one, write this down. His face was too bright. Now, none of you have this problem. We tend to be a little grumpy at times. Sad sometimes. Moses came down off that mountain after being in the presence of God. His face was glowing. I read this this week. You, you know what a lightning bug is? And it was a funny quote. It said, if God can light the bottom of a bug, he can light your face as well. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay. So the second reason, his face, you know, they didn't have sunglasses, so he just, the people couldn't even see him, so he wore the veil. But the second reason, this is very important, and everyone skips over this, his glory, that brightness was fading. It was fading. You say, well, why, if it was fading, would he continue to wear the veil if it was fading? It was because he didn't want the people to know it was fading. He didn't want them to know. Whenever he got near to God, his face would begin to glow from just being in the presence of God. But whenever he left the presence of God and he made his way down the mountain and he got further and further away from God, no longer in God's presence, the glory would fade. Don't forget that. So we come to chapter 3. There's this battle between the Old and the New Covenant. Paul wants the people to know you think, you think that Moses' face glowing was something amazing? He said, let me tell you something even more amazing than that. Number one, write this down in your notes. That the ministry of the Spirit of the Lord is even more glorious than what you saw when you saw Moses' face. And when you see in the Bible where it says it's more glorious, the word glorious means that it's superior. 
doesn't mean that it's brighter. It just means that it's superior in every way. Now, I want to read through this, and you're going to see, uh, and again, they knew this story. So when he's writing this, they knew exactly what he was talking about. So let's look at verse 7. If the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, it came with glory, Moses' face, so that the Israelites could not steadily look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, still glory, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even what? More glorious. Now in that day, and those regulations and those rules, all of it only proves that you can't keep them. The law only proves that you are guilty. Most of you, and this is true, broke the law in the church parking lot just getting into church. <laughs> just, just, that's all rules do is they prove you can't keep them. But even with the laws, even in that period, there is still glory. Moses still came down that mountain. His face was still aglow. He did meet with the presence of God. And even though it was fading, there was still glory there. But he wants you to know that the Spirit of God is even greater glory than that glory. Look at verse 9 and 10. He says, if the ministry that condemns men, that's the Old Testament, if that's glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now, in comparison with the surpassing glory. And then verse 11 reads, and if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts forever? Can you say amen? Amen. Don't forget that Moses' face, that glory, it faded as he came down off of that mountain. It diminished when he left the presence of God. And Paul wants the church to know how much greater, how much superior is the glory that you receive when you receive the Spirit of God that doesn't fade, it never fades, that it lasts forever. You see, you've got to learn that once you become a Christian, God puts His presence inside of you so that wherever you go if you go to the right if you go to the left if you go up if you go down if you go this way if you go that way it doesn't matter god's presence is within you god does not live up there on the mountain where moses would go up oh no he'd be around that for a little bit and as he got further away from god the glory would fade no the day you become a christian and you'll learn this in chapter 5 verse 17 And in chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible talks about how your body is the temple and God puts His Spirit, His presence that comes to live inside and dwells within that temple so that wherever you go, you're always in the presence of God. Always. And his first point is that the glory of the new covenant is greater than the glory of the old covenant. The second point, write this down. Only in Christ, oh, this is important, only in Christ is that veil taken away. 
Stay with me. Let's look at verse 12. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. Verse 14. But their minds were made, what's the word? Dull. For to this day, to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is just read. You just read it. It's still there. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. I'll explain that. Verse 15. Even to this day, when Moses is read, what does that mean when Moses is read? It means when you read the laws of Moses, the law of God, when you read the Old Testament, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is what? The veil is lifted. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not difficult to understand. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Law, there is something depressing about it. It's discouraging. Just to, re- just to read it is discouraging. I will tell you what happened to almost every single person in this room who decided for the first time, and many people do this, they say, I've never read the Bible. I think I'm going to read the whole Bible just so I can say I read through the whole Bible. And I'm going to start with the very first book, the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read through the whole Bible. And so you start with Genesis, and it's pretty good, because you read the story of creation, how God spoke and created the heavens and the earth, and he made the birds of the air and the, and the fish of the sea, and then he made man, and then he took a rib out of the man, and he made a woman, and they're both naked. They're in the garden and everything's perfect. And then the serpent comes along and tempts one of them and they they both eat of the fruit. And so God kicks them both out of the garden. And then after that, you get to read the story of Noah, how the entire world was wicked. And and God told Noah to build an ark. And so Noah builds an ark and he takes two animals of every kind, puts it on the, and it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, God puts this big rainbow up in the sky. And that rainbow says that God is never going to destroy the world again by water. And then you get to read the story about Abraham and all oh, that's a great story, how he takes his son Isaac to go up and sacrifice him on the altar. And then the last 15 chapters of Genesis is the story of Joseph. That's the greatest story in the whole world, the story of Joseph. And you get to read that. And then you turn the page and you come to Exodus. And then Leviticus. And then you read the book of Numbers. And then you just quit reading. It's what 99 out of 100 of you did. Why? Because there's no joy. It's just rules and regulations. And then just, just, just reading it. Just reading it. Not You're not even doing it. You're just reading it weighs you down. It's like an anchor. It's oppressive. And you realize that no one could keep all those rules. Especially you. And then one day... You got to the New Testament, and it dawned on you that Jesus is the fulfillment 
of all of those Old Testament scriptures and all of those Old Testament laws. And when you get to, when you get to Jesus, that veil is removed that the, that the law is not what saves, but Jesus is what saves. And it's so refreshing. And then you read that story in Matthew chapter 27 where Jesus, the, the sinless sacrifice, he dies on the cross. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 27 when he says the words, it is finished, and he breathes his last breath, and he dies, that in the temple, that there was a veil that kept all of us out of the Holy of Holies where God lived. And the Bible says that when Jesus died, that that veil was torn in two, thus allowing all of us to now be able to live in the presence of an almighty God. Oh. The veil, I want you to write this down. The veil is really anything that keeps you from knowing God completely. I mean, some of you here today, your veil is the fact that you're trusting in your good works to get you to heaven. And you believe if you do enough good deeds that somehow God's just going to let you in. And so that's your whole life, your whole uh, religious belief system is built on you just every day getting up and doing good things. That will wear you out. Some of you, your veil is thinking that and this is true. Some people think that, that you, you, you can't, it's not possible to know God. It's just God is too big and too great and too powerful, too far away. And that here on earth, that we, no, no one ever really knows God. Some people don't even believe there is a God. That's your veil. That, that's what's keeping you. You don't even believe that there's a God. Maybe it's your doubts or your fears. Some of you, you're holding on to something and you're so focused on something that you can't even see God because you're just so wrapped up in something that's temporary, but you don't even know that it's temporary and you miss the eternal. The bottom line, according to verse 16, that salvation only happens when someone turns to Jesus. And only in Christ can the veil be removed. Number three, write this down. The Spirit of the Lord. Don't forget you've got the law of God and you've got the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Spirit, not the law. It's the Spirit that brings freedom. And the Bible says in verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 
818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.